Alright, so hi, welcome to Venture Bros, Venture Bros Podcast, brought to you by Left of the Hype. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Graham the Guy Mason. Hello, I'm a guy. <laughs> uh, I like that one. And Nick Olas, the Freedman Freedman. That's me. I am a freed man. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get better at my nicknames. <laughs> yeah, that, you're, no, I don't you're think so. <laughs> <Yeah, all right. laughs> those, are, those are good enough? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, okay, so this week we are coming to you live from all over the world, or just North America, um, mostly Los Angeles, uh, to talk about Venture Brothers Season 1 Episode Ice Station Impossible. Um, this was an episode that came out uh, at some point in the season, depending on when you're watching it, and uh, most people pretty much enjoy it. Um, <laughs> Certainly came out at some point during the season. It that sure is did. Accurate. Especially if you're watching one of the orders that we've talked about many times. <laughs> Although I do think it is somewhere in the middle for both of them. So at least there's that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Because um, it's not it's not fully set in, but it does have some references, but not as many as others. Yeah, and you don't really need to have it at any specific point in the season. As long as this happens in season one, so stuff in season two is set up, I think you're fine. Yes. Yeah, I like the yeah. placement of this one's important to really anything, unless Race was going to come back for something, which he doesn't. Um, which is too bad, because I liked Race. Um, but before we get too far in this, since Nick wasn't here for the last couple of episodes, I'm going to make him do the breakdown this week of what happens in Ice Station Impossible. Ha. Perfect. <laughs> so, <laughs> you sound super excited. Oh, thrilled. Go uh, Team no, no. Nicholas. You got it. So the episode starts with Race Bannon fighting these snake men on an airplane and basically does his kind of like, a, I would say like a little quippy one-liner before leaving and then the plane blows up and then he basically gets clipped by the plane while enjoying his one-liner as he basically like falls through the air. So... Then basically that, uh, the canister that he was trying to take from this airplane hits, uh, hits Hank, and essentially they start investigating, and by they I mean the boys and Brock start investigating what's happened to this canister and what happened to Race and blah, blah, blah. Then you also have Dr. Venture, who's in this super secret compound working for uh, his old professor, Professor Impossible, and basically doing some sort of think tank for them with Pete White and Billy Quizboy. And basically he's struggling to come up with ideas and to kind of like adjust to this new experience. That's the super watered down version of what. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I think that works. That's a, yeah. that's a pretty good uh, um, recap, if you will. Um, Thank so you. Around the table, what are, what are the hot takes here? Do people like this one, dislike this one? What do you think? It's all right. It's, th- it's certainly not my favorite. I I do like Rich Impossible, um, voiced by Stephen Colbert. That is really fun. I do enjoy his character throughout whenever he comes in, either in this episode and other episodes in the future. Um, it's funny. It's funny for its one-liners and stuff like that, but yeah, it's certainly not my favorite. What about you, Nick? I, I agree wholeheartedly. I I felt like there are parts that 
like we've talked about on, on previous episodes that we've been like, well, this episode's not so great, but it does set up a lot. This sets up a lot, like a ton, actually. And they, the problem I have with it is there's a handful of things that just don't quite land. Like, it, it feels mm. like it's just slightly askew on a lot of things. Like, there are definitely mm. some good, funny moments, but it's... Like, the example that I would give is, like, and this bothers me every time I've watched this episode, is Sally's ears, when she turns invisible, stay flesh-colored. <laughs> I didn't notice that until this time of watching it. I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. I don't know what color they should turn, or if they should just disappear entirely. I but... am almost 90% sure in later episodes they are also red. Hmm. Oh, that makes so sense. Think, yeah. Yeah, and I think this episode just has a few things like that. Like, I think that's kind of like a weird running sort of thing in this episode is that things are just like not as polished as they traditionally are in this show. And that's why it kind of feels a little off. See, I'm not sure if I agree or disagree. Like, I'm kind of like, I really enjoy watching this episode. Again, kind of like uh, I want to say the Sargasso episode. It's not one of my go-to but mm. when it's on, I enjoy it. Like, I, I'm such a Fantastic Four geek that, like, I like any of the episodes <laughs> where they show up. Um, yeah, yeah. But as far as the not polish goes, it's funny because I feel like the A and the B story, I'm not sure which would be considered A or B, probably Venture would be the A story. But, like, one of those feels more polished than the other. And I'd say the B story feels more like a Venture Brothers episode to me. Like, the whole uh, race Bannon getting clipped by the plane, falling to the ground, having kids play with his dead body. Uh, the boys trying to be like spies or cowboys, uh, like all of that. <laughs> that just feels like pure Venture Brothers, just joy to me. All the way through, like the them getting Hank getting turned into a human-sized bomb. All that stuff just feels like the stuff I love about this show. And then yeah. all the other stuff, it's funny and it works, but it's kind of like what you're saying. I feel like it's one of those Doc Hammer knew uh, and Jack Spivak knew that these characters are going to be important to the world of Venture Brothers. So let's set them up in a really good way. So we definitely know all four of them. We know who they are, what they stand for, their jokes, their quirks, all of it. And then we'll deal with them more later. Uh, so it kind of felt like I got shortchanged a little bit of a great Venture Brothers episode by having a very decent setup episode. Does that make sense? Totally. Totally. Yeah, I'd say that's very accurate. Um. Even with all that, though, I still really do enjoy watching it. Like, there, there's, like, even, like, the kind of setup stuff, it's still great. Like, Stephen Colbert as Impossible is just, he's one of my favorite characters. He's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and going through our, our notes from the, the epic Brock, if you will, uh, he brought up something that I, I didn't actually know, which was Colbert, I thought he quit the show. I didn't know that he did not know that he had quit the show, which is kind of interesting. Um, Weird. When he quit the show, is one of his assistants was called saying, "Hey, we have another uh, episode for him to do." And he's like, "He doesn't have time for that," and never actually asked him. And when he found out about it, he's like, "No, I absolutely have time for that," and that's why he came back to the show, which I thought was kind of cool. Huh. Yeah. Um, but there are little things in this episode that I, I kind of want to pick our way through that I really enjoy, um, specifically with Race Bannon. Like, I love the whole thing on the plane. <laughs> like, I love the snake guys. I love the you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. They also hiss as he like he throws a grenade and he jumps out. So if you rewatch it, they're going like and then it blows up. <laughs> like they're hissing at him, but that's like a cat-like behavior, but it was definitely something that they were just threw in. They were like whatever. <laughs> they're snakes, who cares? Yeah. Um 
I really like that. Like, do they ever come back, really? I think they... I don't think so. They definitely mentioned, like, snake and lizard people a handful of times, though I don't know if that's the case. Weren't there, like, snake or lizard people where Sphinx, like, the the hidden compound area and where Sphinx was? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I thought it was just Sphinx. And they just took out evil Sphinx and put in good Sphinx. Right, right, right. But it wasn't, like, there... Maybe they just... Yeah, I thought yeah. the henchmen were snake people. There, there's something weird. I feel like they do come back. Now, exactly how they come back, I don't know. But I feel like there are many mentions of snake and lizard people. Yeah. And specifically I, snake people. And I'm yeah. sure there's a, a bunch of people out there screaming at their stereo right now, telling us how wrong we are. And it's so obvious they come back in this episode. So, sorry. Um, <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're going through the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is another episode that I, I think brings up uh, one of my favorite things that we have found through research that uh, Cartoon Network did not like uh, Billy and Pete, so they put them in more episodes. And this one has a ton of Billy and Pete in it, and I really liked the both of them in this episode. Here, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. You, you like, I feel like this is kind of, here's my attitude towards Pete. I like Pete, but he's terrible. Like, he's oh. easily one of the worst people on the show. I hate <laughs> like, as far Pete, as, like, his but I like morality. him in the show, yeah. Yes. I, I would okay. never want to hang out with him. Anybody who would buy a Robobo, no thanks. I, I have no interest in being friends with you. <laughs> what is a Robobo? Uh, just wait. You'll get there. Yeah. Okay. We'll there. If you don't remember, it will be a, a delightful shock when you get there. Okay, perfect. Um, but, like, I just, I hate Pete. Like, I hate him so much. He's a terrible friend to Billy nine times out of ten. Terrible yeah. friend to Rusty, although he thinks Rusty is, is his best friend, which always kind of was like, what? Uh, he, and he's just kind of an idiot who just wastes time and plays video games. But that's yeah. why I love him in the show. Like, he's such a great yes. counterpart to Billy because he's the awful counterpart to Billy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like a hangers-on, right? Totally. That's yeah, kind of like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like, a, I mean, he's a bad sidekick to to, to <laughs> Billy. You know? But yeah. I, I do think they do he, a good job. He, like, he, They he give him enough intelligence. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just said, yeah, he props Billy up every once in a while and gives him, you know, uplifting speeches and stuff like that. But that's yeah. pretty much his only redeeming quality. I think he does have enough intelligence to not be a total waste of space. He just doesn't really use it for anything. Because he's in the same school as everybody. He kind of can keep up in the conversations. Like, <laughs> he knows yeah. what's going on. I just don't think he's... Like, if he didn't have Billy, he'd be nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I have something I wanted to talk about. Oh, go for it. I could spend this whole episode talking about Sally. I love Sally. Yeah. Sally is sad. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I think that there's like something incredibly poignant and sad about her character that is like really relatable in a lot of ways. Like just in as far as she's very much so stuck in an obviously loveless marriage that was probably loveless from the get-go. Like, very clearly, she puts in more effort into the relationship from the start than Professor Impossible ever did. Yeah. I mean, it feels like a weird sci-fi shotgun wedding relationship. Totally. Exactly. This, I mean, yeah, Mr. Dr. Impossible uh, was probably like, well, you know, I might as well just marry her because she's stuck here regardless so, well here's my so here's my thing it. is like so mr fantastic and sue storm get married like after the incident happens because they get stronger do you think there's any chance that before the incident happened they didn't have a shitty marriage and like 
once he got no. the power they married to be beforehand? the most movable man in the world, he became more of a dick. Were they he, married before? I don't know. Uh, they don't. I don't think they ever say. Because um, I thought because she talks about uh, how they met, where she was you know, touring the uh, the Impossible Compound um, with her brother or cousin or whatever the other the other two. Right. And then that's when the explosion happened. I don't even know if she knew. Oh, she said no, they were in town, so they were. She was taking them on a tour, so she knew them because she was working yeah. there. I'm just oh, not sure was... if they were married, but yeah, they were visiting. Oh, okay. So, but that's oh, my thing. Okay. It's like so. I don't know, like, because there's a there's an argument for power went to his head and he became an abusive asshole, or was he just always an asshole? I don't know because I think he's always an asshole. I think yeah. you're probably right. Because in ignoring any of the stuff in the future of the show, because I do think that we get, like, flashbacks to kind of, like, his class and stuff like that, like, ignoring all of that, I think very much so, like, he's, like, a very status-seeking person. Yeah. And so yeah. because of that, like, she represents to him his, like, ultimate stain as far as, like, what's the blemish on his, like, power-seeking record is he has this wife that he can't take to these social functions to, like, be kind of, like, his second. You know what I mean? Oh, totally, yeah. He has a trophy wife he can't treat as a trophy. Exactly. And so for him, it's this, like, terrible, terrible situation, and that's the way he looks at it, completely... 100% 100% completely not seeing her side of things. Like, not putting himself in her shoes ever. And I think that was from the get-go. But because he didn't have that power, because he didn't have that status yet, it probably wasn't as pronounced. But guaranteed, you cannot convince me that he put in an equal amount into that relationship before the explosion. She no, you, always put in more. You're definitely right. And it's kind of... Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like... At the end of the episode, when you find out she's pregnant, it's like it's one of those rare moments in the show where it's just oh like, my God. that's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, this terrible. show doesn't usually go for like sad moments. Like It does every now and then, but for the most part, not really. Yeah. That was a and legitimate... Cer- and like, certainly not oh, sad moments. Yeah, and certainly not sad moments that are like in reality at all or like in like any sort of relatable situation. And this, like, like you're saying, it's like Sally's situation is kind of relatable in a weird sci-fi version way but like god ugh like her moments on screen when she's describing what happened of like how they met and how they got it and how she got into the situation and how she can't leave is yeah one of those actually heart-wrenching moments of like oh god that sucks yeah yeah uh, the other things in this episode that I kind of want to talk about uh, is got to be the boys like we haven't really talked about them at all um, yes, but there's something that's like yeah. we've seen it a lot through the show, and it, it happens quite often. But there's something so delightfully desensitized about them that I always find entertaining. And this episode is like the best example of that, uh, at least so far. I think of like there's just a dead guy, and they're just super excited about it. And Hank's cracking jokes next to it, like yeah, in this line of work, you see it all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's true. And then they bring it back with uh, with Dean being pretty desensitized to the fact that his brother's being turned into a bomb. Yeah. Oh yeah, just totally doesn't care. No. Until well, he realizes. Well, he, yeah. Yeah. And then you know he he gives this whole speech of like, "What? Come on, we're the Venture Brothers. Like our dad is Doctor Venture, super smart, blah blah, and you know all this stuff." And then Brock brings him down of like, uh, "One, he's not here, and two, <laughs> this um, is a bit <laughs> over his pay grade." <laughs> And then reality sets in. And he's like, oh my god, we're all gonna die! 
I just, I love the moments in the show where they're just like, you know, your dad sucks, right? <laughs> oh, there's an amazing one next episode. Oh. It is one of my favorite quotes for the whole show. Is in next episode. I, I look forward to. There's some really good ones in the next one. Um, yeah, yeah. The other thing yeah. that like this is one of those things that just totally went over my head because I wasn't much of a Johnny Quest fan. You guys know that Race Band is actually a character from Johnny Quest. Yes, I did yeah. not know. Like that was one of those things where it was like. I knew he was, like, modeled after him, but I thought it was more like Action Johnny. Although in this season, they actually do call him Johnny Quest. Um, yeah. But I thought it was more of was yeah. like, well, it's kind of a loving nod to that, not a total... It's just lift. Ca- un- it's uncanny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More uh, than that. But, yeah. No, the hair, shirt, like, all, yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely that Mike Pence guy that everyone's been memeing up the Gross. Yes. Hey, at least we di- he died, right? You get to watch Mike Pence die. Hooray! That sounds sure. bad. Uh, <laughs> and shit himself. Dad. Oh, Brian's I love the shitting like, himself. Edit so much out of this this episode. I'm gonna leave that part in. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Pence. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's I love the shitting himself. Like that's such just a great like. Oh yeah, they leave that part out of the movies. Like I, <laughs> I just I love Brock and the boys. Um. What else haven't we hit on? Like, what else? Uh, I feel like there's a lot in this episode that just kind of like it just happens and it's just funny, but it's just not a lot of yeah. sticking. Yeah. yeah. Go, ahead. Go, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. God, so creepy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Go there's a lot. It. Like you said, there's a lot setting up a lot of a lot of history too. I mean, even going back, like introducing um, Impossible, and then talking about his history as a scientist creating the Goliath serum and even as his history as being um, the ever, everyone's professor in this show so far. And so yeah. it, it sets up so much, like even introducing a character and it's like, oh yeah, and this guy's been here the whole time and before these guys were even relevant. Like even before they were in college, he was creating the thing that is afflicting Hank right now. Yeah. Exactly. And I like that. Like, I, I really kind of wish that there was more to do with that Goliath serum. I, I kind of wish the payoff was a little bit better than just, oh, it doesn't work on humans. I yeah. actually really I, like that line, though. Like yeah. That, like, we're talking about favorite moments. It's actually one of my, that's my favorite moment, is that point huh. where it's just like, oh, man, yeah, what's he going to do? What are they going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. No. Well, that's the point. You know. See, all right. This is something I was going to bring up, but... I have to very strongly disagree because there's <laughs> a few problems with this. One is, I this is such a small thing, so this is not like really going against your point. It's just more like this really bothers me every time I watch the episode, mm-hmm. which is they make an orange liquid, and then he's like, you invented ranch dressing. Oh, that's and not- I don't know why that bothers me so much, but it no, does. You're that right. Is- it, it bothers the crap out of me because, one, it would make way more sense if they invented Tang. Because Tang is actually a scientific thing that was invented for astronauts. Like, yes. Why? Why? It's obviously Tang. We know. We know it's Tang. Just say it's Tang. And if you injected somebody with ranch dressing, that would not go well. No. No. They're (laughs) dead. If you injected them with Tang, though, they would probably just turn into an orangutan. Yeah. And that's fine. Funny. Which is and fine. Yeah. Exactly, and well within the the sort of like mythos of the show, just yeah, just very silly. He already but, has a beard. 
Like, yeah. come on, just uh, yeah. go full orangutan. And a magnificent beard, too. Oh, it man. is. It does look I kind of wish he had a beard now. Yeah, yeah, I know. He looks good with a beard. Yeah. He does. But the other thing that this is the other thing that I wanted to, to bring up as well is, and it occurred to me as I was watching it this morning, uh, that how do they know what the symptoms are if they've never tested it on humans? Oof. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, they tested it on mammals. Hold on, hold on. I got this one. Science? Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. I, by the way, I would totally let that go if when they showed the ant, when they were showing like the Goliath serum, if they'd done a cut to the ant and the ant had a little beard. Yeah, I would have been totally fine with it. Yes, accurate. Yes. I, I mean, believe that, it. That would have been better, but. <laughs> Oops. But no, anyway, I agree. That, that moment is the worst. I answered the question, both with the lore of the show. I feel like I did pretty good there. Yeah. I, I, could, uh, I could write for them now. Yeah. Exactly. You can certainly <laughs> try. Uh, okay, so I don't think there's really a lot to still cover in this one. And tell me if I'm wrong. I think we could move on to the end of this thing. I agree. Um, yeah. There are little things here that Brock pointed out that I think are kind of interesting. Uh, the fact that Brock kills a polar bear with nothing but his hands. Uh, in Meanie Money Magic, one of Brock's deepest desires is manifested by the joy can. It's to fight and kill a polar bear with a knife. Kind of oh. interesting. Um, yeah. That one was kind of cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else is there? The, I did uh, like the Fantastic the body... Four jet. Thing. Oh, my God. I almost forgot the quit. Well, that's my favorite moment, so I didn't forget it. I have it down okay. here at the bottom. Um, I just wasn't going to bring it up because I didn't want to spoil the fun. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Way to go, fuckface. Um, <laughs> Edit me out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Done editing out. At this point, we've done it too many times. If only you could hear the hour-long version of this episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, where's the one that I actually thought was kind of funny? Um, the, the Venture Brothers uncut episode? Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, the doing. Race Bannon's body being dragged is actually a, a callback to... Uh, um, fuck, I just lost it. Why did I have to scroll... Uh, Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. And then Brock wanted to point out that uh, <laughs> that movie really bummed him out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Yeah. Not that it, he was bummed out, but that he had to point it out in this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Me too. Um, okay, I think that's everything I have here. So if we want to move into the end of this thing, uh, favorite moment, since we were just kind of talking about mine, I'll, I'll go for it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's when he's fired... When, Impossible is firing Dr. Venture and he takes him out in a Fantastic Four jet where all four of them sit impossibly far away from each other. Uh, (laughs) He's trying to have a conversation with him and it's bothered me since I was a child reading Fantastic Four. Like, how are they talking to each other? And it's just so beautiful. He's talking to him. What? (laughs) What? I I can't hear you. (laughs) Not just a conversation. A conversation where he's threatening dr venture oh which yeah you would say I, is probably one of the most important conversations to be heard from <laughs> yep and then as they land he's like i'm glad we've had this little chat yeah. <laughs> yes uh it's such a such a good one uh that's it for me though yeah i was okay. just, since we already like kind of poked mine in there the end of the episode where he's like you invented ranch dressing <laughs> All we learned is that 
the Goliath serum doesn't work on humans. We certainly did. We certainly didn't test it on any. I mean, that was the whole point. You'd send a bug or something. It's I great. just love that. It's like it's yeah, it's obviously because it was a great moment till Nick ruined it. I know. Oh. It was good. Oh, it, it was so gonna have sorry. so much better until <laughs> Nick ruined it. Yeah. Thanks a lot. But no, Nick. it's like sorry. Thanks a lot, fuckface. Oof. <laughs> Them spiting words. I'd say come at me, but you're in Canada. You're not gonna come at me. Nope. No, I'm not. It'll be slow going <laughs> for him yep. to come at you. Yep. Sometime in September, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Look uh, out. I'm so worried. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, Nick, what about you? Your favorite moment? My favorite moment was uh, when Sally's explaining the the whole thing, and she's like, and I took you know my family to the the Impossible Industries, and then the, that big explosion happened, and then Rusty cuts in, I remember when that happened. <laughs> and then just silence, and he's just like, basically like, go on. And you're just like, oh my God. Like, what a monster. <laughs> I mean, you can always trust Rusty to be Rusty. It's true. <laughs> oh, that was peak. That was such. That was peak Rusty too. Just oh, like totally, totally. Because you, yeah, you can see the little like the the childhood joy of just pop out of it into his face of like. <laughs> oh yeah, that was oh. a terrible thing that you're talking about. Oh, right that now. that happened to you. <laughs> that oh changed God. your life dramatically into this terrible situation in which you are currently describing to me. Yes. As good as that moment was, for some reason I expected Nick's favorite moment to be when Johnny Storm, whatever his name is in this, got out of the thing and just lit on fire. That just felt like a moment that Nick oh. was laughing at. I, I, I wrote that down. I said, I wanted to give a shout out to Cody's voice actor, which is Jackson Public, who you oh, yeah. know that it was like at least 30 minutes of screaming that somebody had to edit down into some sort of coherent, like, like sequence. Jeez. Oh, that's a good one. It's uh, great. All right, so that brings today's episode to a close. Uh, next week, we have yet another great episode coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting the title of it now, because that's just what I do these weeks now. Are, Are you, you there, there God? God? It's me, Dean. Uh, <laughs> it's such a good episode. Uh, it's so good. It really is, and sadly, my favorite part is at the very, very end, but I'll spoil that at the very end of next week's episode. Uh, but before we get out of this, uh, it's time for a quick round of plugs. Uh, Nick? What are you plugging this week? Uh, same thing I plug every week, Brian. Uh, they, the assassin. Uh, 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 <laughs> Way to plug it. it. Yep. Cool. All right. No. So uh, yeah, I'm not uh, plugging anything. Uh, Nick, you nailed yours. So uh, yep. everyone yeah, everyone knows what Nick did. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna plug a little game I've been working on called Assassin's Creed. Uh, <laughs> yep. It's it's been the. the I hear that's gen- really good. You know, it sucks, and it's mostly the the acting recording that I'm personally responsible for. That uh, huh. I just I botched it. I'll be honest; it's, it's yeah. the worst. Really takes you been. out of the game. It, Brian Brian's taking a bullet for me, but, <laughs> but we we did we did botch it. So I, no, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I I'm not. I can't say very. I can't really say anything besides the fact that I worked on it. But yeah, buy it. It's great. I'm <laughs> I am a fan of the series and look forward to playing it. Uh, I will plug, however, after the hype. Uh, We are officially coming back in August. I have just set the schedule. The first episode up will be A Wrinkle in Time, uh, Mm, which will be fun to talk about, hopefully more fun than watching it. Um, 
I didn't mean to throw that much shade at it, but it really looks yeah. <laughs> Woof. I really, really don't want to see it. Um, but I guess that's the joy of having a movie podcast. Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Tune in next week for Are You There, God? It's me, Dean, one of the best out there. And bye. Bye-bye. Bye.